The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Our guest this week is the co-founder and creative director of The Elements, a music licensing and sound design company based out of L.A. and London. Among The Elements' areas of specialization are the creation of mini records or record-quality original music for brands. You can find out more about their work by visiting www.theelementsmusic.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Bonilla is on the Break the Business Podcast. Hey, Jay. Ryan, thanks for having me, man. Glad to be here. A, a pleasure to speak with you. I'm so interested in this field. It's a it's a rising field. I think it's a field that a lot of artists can get their music into, find interesting ways to collaborate with brands and do cool stuff. So I'm excited to talk to you. Let's let's begin at the beginning here. Can you tell the listeners some of the broad strokes about what the elements does? Absolutely. We do primarily original music. Uh, for advertising. So national ads, international ads. We also have a big roster of independent artists and composers that we represent. uh, And we license uh, a lot of their material for ads as well. So, you know, we work with amazingly some of the biggest brands in the world. I mean, Nike, Samsung, Porsche, Uber, on and on. Um, And that's really our day to day. We're, We're making music or finding music for ads. Oh, sounds like a brutal way to make a living, just getting to make new music <laughs> all day. So, yeah, you have oh, yeah. you have these Big kind of two sectors of working with brands. You have the traditional licensing sector where you have, you know, you have existing music that you license to brands and a lot of organizations do that. But you also have this unique twist of creating original music for brands. So basically, instead of a brand licensing a song that's already out there for their brand's campaign, you Work with you know this, they work with your organization to commission original recordings and basically the idea is you're getting songs that sound like they could be on the radio, but they're not and they're you know they're original for this brand and the campaign will use that brand instead. I'm interested in the process of this. Can talk to the listeners a bit about the process of creating this kind of music. First of all, why might a client of yours want an original recording as opposed to something that's already out there? And then talk us a bit about how the process of how one of these recordings comes together. Okay, well, I mean, I think there's a couple reasons why an ad agency and a brand would come to a company like ours versus going just find any record that they can get on Spotify, on the radio. The first is, you know, a lot of times these commercials need ebbs and flows emotionally or structurally that is just very difficult to go find in any sort of record that exists. So that's really the first reason is like, they're, Hey, we're doing this cool spot. And, you know, at 15 seconds of this 60 second spot, it needs to do something like this with the track or the music. And, you know, it's like, they might've gone and tried to find a bunch of stuff. And it's like, we're not finding what we need. We kind of know what direction we want to go and what we want this thing to sound like, but man, it really needs to do that thing here in the spot and we're here when that character does this or whatever. So that's really the primary reason why they would come to a company like ours, because we can take, you know, references they might, they might have in terms of tracks that they like, and we can really turn that into something that's custom and cool and unique and also ebbs and flows with the creative in the way that they want it to. 
the second reason would be budget, budget, really. I mean, sometimes they might find something that out in the world that already exists. Um, you know, maybe it's a major label artist, maybe it's not, maybe it's somebody who just has some notoriety going and, you know, they just can't afford the record. So, you know, we, we have to be very careful. We can never copy anything and we have to always make something our own, but we can kind of take inspiration from something and then create something cool and original that works like perfectly and seamlessly with their creative. Well, companies like yours are doing a really good job with this lately because I can tell you there have been a few times where I'll listen to a commercial, I'll hear the song and be like, oh my God, that's incredible. I dig this song. And then I'll try to Shazam it to you know get the title of it. And Shazam doesn't know what it is because it was something that was created specifically for that commercial, but it sounds exactly like something on the radio. And so when you're sort of putting this together, does do you often get clients who've already done, say, the video footage of the commercial and they need a song to kind of go with it and crescendo at the right time? We get, we jump in on projects at all kinds of stages. Sometimes yeah. we're sent a word document that has like a basic outline for what the creative is going to ultimately be. And we're bring, being brought in like extremely early on the process. Maybe they don't even have any sort of reference for what they want the music to sound like. And they're going to use our help to do that, which we also help brands do. Um, other times, and I'd say generally, um, yeah, it's the creative's already done. They've gone and shot the spot. Maybe they're in the process of editing it, editing it and they're going to give us a rough cut. Maybe they haven't shot the You know, it's like we get from A to Z in the process of commercial production, we'll get tossed in at any point in that. So I think what's great for us sometimes is to see, you know, the, the final spot, um, as close as it can be to, to, you know, final edit. And that way it kind of lets us know what all the moving parts are. And we can kind of jump in at that stage. I mean, other times I got to say though, it's, it's nice to be brought in early and to kind of be able to conceptualize and, you know, we're down with all of that, but I got to say, you know, you, you sort of pointing out that a lot of times you can't tell when something's a record versus an original music um, piece that is done bespoke for a spot. I mean, to us, that's the Holy grail. Like, you know, we have a lot of ads, <laughs> Uh, award shows uh, for in the advertising industry and, you know, the Clio's and the can line and all that stuff. I mean, all those things are great, but what really is like the feather in our cap is when a spot gets released and it hits YouTube and the comments are like, where can I get that record? Where can I find that cool song, whatever. And it's, you know, a bespoke piece that we've created, especially for that commercial. Like that's really, that's when we know we've knocked it out of the park. Well, how thankfully you- that's, happens pretty often well and, and you know kudos to you guys have you ever had a situation where a brand has put out a song that's just a really great track of bespoke track that you guys put together and there's such a clamoring for it on youtube comments for it to actually be a song that there's actually discussion internally maybe with the brand to actually release it in some fashion so people can enjoy it on a streaming service that's how we're, in, we're working on a project that's doing that right now we're, we're going to be doing a full-length version of a bespoke piece of music that we did and it's going to be going on Apple Music, and it's actually going to be sort of featured for a second in the spot in terms of like the visual of name of the, the piece that we're creating, all that stuff, as if it's you know was an existing record. So that happens a lot. And I got to say, I kind of was chuckling when you were asking this question because there's a Samsung spot that we did. I mean, maybe a decade ago now, we just got an email uh, the other day saying, "Hey man, I you know when when you first released the spot, I was one of the people who." was like, where can I find the record and all that stuff? And he's, you know, a decade later, he's reaching out again, like, hey, by the way, is, is there actually, is it out? Can I actually get it? So, yeah, they, some of these things, you know, kind of develop a little bit of a following. And and it's kind of unbelievable that that's the case and that, that the, the kind of 
the affinity for it can last over such a long time. But yeah, it, it's a thing. And the, the cool thing is that brands more and more, I'd say over the last decade, have become aware of that. And we do you know, have the situations now where brands will come at the, at the beginning of a, a project and say like, hey, you know, we know that this is going to be a cool piece of music. We're going to plan to do an extended version of it and make it available for release or whatever. So yeah, that's definitely a thing. Well, it seems like just such a smart move for the brand because if the brand can effectively turn a song that they curated into a legit hit, it's a win for the brand because it's extra promotion. It's a win for that artist and they could sort of promote themselves together and grow together. I mean, who would have thought 20 years ago that we'd be looking to soulless corporations as our tastemakers, but <laughs> super cool. I love it. Um, I, I'm, I'm really curious. What got you into this space? I mean, you were a longtime record producer before you founded this company. What sort of made you go, oh, I want to help Samsung become the next great tastemaker in our society? In the beginning, it was purely by accident, I must admit, because we were... We just kind of had our head down doing the record thing. When I say we, I'm I essentially talking about myself and the co-founder, Ian Dulcimer. We were a production team at the time when we first started out, and we just wanted to be the next Timberland or Neptunes or just the biggest next thing in, in uh, kind of pop urban record production. And then I had a buddy who got a job for uh, a video director who had just landed his first ad campaign. It was a Reebok spot, actually a whole campaign. So he reached out to me and you know said, hey, I know you guys are doing music. And we're like, yeah, cool, we're doing things. And he's like, just send us some tracks. So we shot over some tracks. It was, I'm going to admit that it was we FedExed some tracks. That's how far back I'm talking about at this point to date myself a little bit. <laughs> um, and they were like, you know, the next day they called and like, we like, we like that track, number one. We're like, okay, cool. So this kept happening over like the course of a year. And finally, we kind of built up this little reel. We didn't know anything about advertising. We were just sitting and making tracks and and that was our whole world. And then finally, after a while, we're like, hey, we should look into this thing. And really, that was the beginning of us starting to learn about music for picture. And I mean, that, it, it was certainly a process to to figure out how to write music for picture. It's not necessarily the most natural thing if you're used to sitting down and making records, but we got it pretty quickly. Um, and that, you know, that over time evolved into us creating a music company. That's really exciting. I, I love hearing about how, because your story in a lot of ways is pretty similar to a lot of the folks who get into this part of the industry. They're usually more traditional musicians and they sort of fall in love with this area. And it's cool to hear that narrative. And so I, I enjoyed hearing about how you got into that space. And in that same vein, I know I can just hear them. I can hear my listeners saying, I want to get into this space too. A lot of enter, uh, enterprising indie artists that listen to this show see the opportunities that exist in making music for brands, being a part of this sync world. And so for the artists out there that are interested in getting involved in this field, particularly in this whole niche of kind of creating original music for brands, how can they get more involved? Where might they start? I'd say I'll be relatively specific with a, a tip here on this. I mean, I would say if you've not, if you're making music, and you're not making music for picture necessarily. Say you're sitting down and you're just, you know, writing whatever kind of tracks you want to write. Maybe you're thinking about pitching tracks to artists, maybe you're working with artists, but you're not writing for a picture and that's where you want to potentially go, at least as a part of what you're doing. I would pick a few of your favorite ads off YouTube, um, rip them down off YouTube somehow. I don't know if that's legal. Forget I ever said that, but, and then, you know, bring them into your logic session, bring them into your able to whatever you're using and, Figure out how to write a piece of music that connects emotionally with what's going on in that spot. 
because I think that's the that's the part that's difficult for some people who are just kind of sitting down and doing whatever they want to do musically, is that when you're sort of given you're given a, a, a guide essentially emotionally with this picture, this visual. At first, it's difficult to kind of know how to ebb and flow with that. And even in the arrangement of your music, you know, sometimes I know when we first started learning how to do this, you know, when you're writing records, you're thinking very much like in two bar, four bar and eight bar phrases for the most part. And so, you know, something would happen. We'd be going grooving and creating a cool track and to picture. And then all of a sudden we'd need to pivot emotionally in a picture or arrangement wise. And it wouldn't be on a nice clean four or eight bar or two bar, you know, kind of measure. And we would just sort of not know how to deal with that. So it took us a while to learn, you know, in terms of arrangement, in terms of emotion, like how to really like do it and do and create music to picture. So I'd say grab some spots, bring them into your sessions and start practicing how to like make things work to picture really nicely and really tightly. Well, that's an interesting point because, yeah, a 15 second spot or a 30 second spot is always going to be 15 seconds or 30 seconds, no matter what your tempo is. And so, yeah, it might not finish cleanly on eight bars and you have to be ready for that musically. Totally. And that just blows your mind at first. If you're just not <laughs> used to writing music for, for, for picture, but at, at a certain point you realize, Oh, like, you know, I can sort of do some little tricks to pull up quicker on this or to make a transition or pivot on it. And it, it actually works to picture really cool. Well, let me sort of ask you now the artist's artist's songwriter question, you know, getting you on like the inside the actor studio, but for musicians couch. Uh, What do you find is easier writing a particular piece of original music from scratch without, you know, needing to make it for an ad or writing one of these bespoke things where you sort of already have an existing prompt to work with? Hmm. You're saying for me personally? Sure. Or for... Well, I, I, I don't think you could speak for everybody, and I bet if I asked 100 different folks in your line of work, I'd get yeah. 100 different answers. But what about for you? Uh, I mean, I'd say for me personally, it might still be easier, if that's the word we're going for here, to, to just sit down and do what wants to come out naturally without, you know, without having to make some of those pivots or transitions that you would sitting down and writing to a picture, you know? Um also, my, my beginnings were in sort of, you know, like I said, like pop and urban songwriting, which kind of has a certain flow to it. And there's a certain format that you're in um, with verses and choruses and bridges and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's because that's where I started. That's probably still the, na- the most natural place for me. But the nice thing is, like I sort of alluded to early or in, a, in the conversation, like, you know, we have a g- amazing roster of folks. I'm not writing much music anymore because there's frankly we just you know found such incredible independent talent over these years that my time's better spent doing other things and really fostering in a creative direction way these other people's amazing you know work and vision and really for for me what what happens along with that that's that's magical is that you know i didn't we didn't neither myself or my other founding partner we didn't come from music school we didn't come from a conservatory or any that side of things at all i mean we came from making records and there's a certain kind of set of skills that you get from just being on the ground making records. So when we can have somebody on our roster who has, you know, a conservatory background, who is amazing, it's, it's you know, all of that side of things and bring them in and kind of bring them through our creative direction and make sure all the sonics are dialed in and, and all those, those sort of details that make things sound like a record. I mean, that's 
where it really happens for us. And that kind of is what gives us a comparative advantage. So I think I might have wandered off the reservation a little bit there with that answer. But that was a great answer. I got somewhere. And I'm almost afraid to ask you this next question because I have some trepidation about your just inbox being flooded. But if there are any listeners out there that you know, might want to try to be a part of your roster or may, or think they might have a track that might fit with what you guys are doing. Do you take any kind of submissions or uh, take any potential additions to your roster? Oh, absolutely. That's a huge part of how we found, find talent. I mean, we're, we're actively seeking talent all the time, but more and more as our profiles raise as a company, we have people coming to us and saying they want to write. And so hundred percent, absolutely. Shall I, shall I give the, I, I, I hope that you would, yeah. and uh, all the artists, I imagine, are screaming for it right now. So, yeah, Wonderful. I appreciate it's, that. Yes, you send some links to info at theelementsmusic.com, and we'll check them out. Was that info at? Info yeah. at theelements, plural, music. Uh, apologies in advance for whatever that does to your inbox. <laughs> um, Jay Bonilla, everybody, <laughs> you can good. find out more about the elements by visiting www.theelementsmusic.com. I'm such a big fan of this space. And honestly, in a music industry where it's becoming more important than ever for artists to diversify their revenue streams, to rethink the potential places where music can go and belong, move beyond just Spotify, companies like this, I think, are an exciting new player in the space. Let me ask you this last question before we let you go, and this has been such a pleasure speaking with you. Do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? I'd say the the thing to keep in mind is make sure you're learning all of the different channels in which you can make a living making music and licensing music and selling music, and that's Obviously, commercials is one, um, you know, trailers, TV placements. I mean, there's, there are a lot of a lot of them. And I think the more you can learn about the nuances and the key players in all of these different spaces, you know, the better time you're going to have of making a living and making a career. Because uh, and, and also it, it really I think bouncing around in some sense between some of these channels can be fun. I mean, it's fun to go. You know, we, we have a background in doing we've done films, we've done TV, we've done, you know, obviously records and, and commercials. And at times we were doing a lot of those things at once. And it was really fun to go do a movie and then come back and do a commercial or do a record or do a remix or whatever. So I'd say know about these different channels, learn the nuances, and you'll have potentially a much better, broader career. Love it. I love, I love the story. I love what your company's doing. This is super, super cool. Again, you can check them out at theelementsmusic.com. And Jay, if you could, could you give us that email address one more time? Absolutely. Info at theelementsmusic.com. All right. Thank you so much for being on this week, sir. This was fantastic. It was great, Ryan. Thank you so much, man. And thank you all for listening to the Break the Business podcast.